The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Hoo-ah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's bad with money with Gabe S. Done. Hello and welcome to Bad With Money Mailbag. I'm your host, Gabe S. Dunn. Welcome, welcome, everybody. We have some great messages and a voice memo for you guys. This is a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. Thank you so much for being here. If you want to watch this, you can do so at the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. Please take a minute to join because... It helps keep the show going. I want to be able to keep the show free on the feed. And I want to be able to pay the people associated with the show. So it would mean a lot to me if you guys would become patrons. I think if we can get up to like, I don't know, if we can get like 50 more members, I feel like it'll cover like all the expenses tied to this show, which is great. And it's at patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. I also post, post writing there. So I'm posting fiction writing. I'm posting interviews with my family and friends. I'm posting essays that I'm writing about my latest obsessions. It's all very cute and fun. Thanks some patrons right now, actually. Thank you to our new patrons, Brittany, Moira, Nicholas, and Jay. Really appreciate you joining the crew. If you want to leave a five-star Apple review, you can do it. Please do it. Also, there was some Spotify reviews. So let's read those, actually, because we don't have any more five-star Apple reviews. So please go and leave some. But we do have some five-star reviews from Spotify. So this is a review from Claire. And this is about the episode with Alex, my boyfriend, about changing careers, which he also said he got a lot of really nice messages from you guys about. So Very sweet of you. Thank you so much for reaching out to him. Yeah, I thought it was a great episode. Okay, so this is from Claire. Great episode as usual. Gabe expertly walks the line between informative and personal. And this is a great example. Changing careers is a lot. And this is a nice insight into how someone did it. Thank you, Claire. That's so sweet. And then this is from Shelby. I found it very helpful and insightful. Appreciated Alex's nuanced ideas and experiences on the topic. Thanks, guys. 
So if you want to leave a Spotify review or an Apple review, please go do it. This was a very exciting email that was a fan letter from Simon Rich. If you guys don't know who Simon Rich is, he is a writer, like a very successful writer. And I'm like a fan of his work. And then I got a message that was a fan letter from him to me. It says, Dear Gabe, I just wanted to say that I'm a longtime listener and big fan of your podcast. I particularly enjoyed your episode about how social media exploits outrage for profit and the episode where you describe what it was like to work for BuzzFeed. Here's hoping we get a great deal today. This was before the strike. And then we did. The strike ended for WGA. Wishing you the very best, Simon. That was thrilling. If you seriously, if you guys don't know Simon Rich, he's he's written some books that are awesome. And it was so cool to hear from him. And he's married to someone I used to work with named Kathleen Hale, who's also a great writer. And I was just like, it's always so wild when people I'm fans of listen to the show or really anyone. Really, it's it's wild that any of you listen. But that was so cool. And to hear that he's a fan of the show and that he listened, like had specific episodes that he liked. Whoa. Very cool. Very stressful. A lot of pressure. Okay, so this is a message from Dylan. Mailbag question, advocating for myself, question mark. Hi, Gabe. Longtime listener and fan. Always excited to continue on this financial journey. I feel like I've grown alongside the podcast, both in terms of my personal finances and in terms of how I view the systems that surround money. The way that the podcast evolved over the years helped influence my own evolution in terms of how I view finances, institutions, capitalism, and even queerness. My pronouns weren't he, they when I started listening to the podcast, and I was far more passive in regards to my finances and in regards to social justice. Anyways, 10 out of 10 would recommend to everyone and anyone and have done so regularly. Say, oh, Dylan, thank you. This is so sweet. I would love anyone to write in whose pronouns has cha- have changed since they listened to the podcast. Let me know. Yeah, have your pronouns changed since you listened to this? Right in. Okay, question time. I started a job just over two months ago. It's about an hour from where I currently live, so I need to commute daily. This was discussed in the interview, and it was agreed that I would be able to do this work remotely since it's a job that's done over the phone. So I accepted this job under the expectation that I would eventually get hired and that I would eventually get trained in person and would get to work from home at least part of the week. Cue to two months later. I have never been given a timeline as to when I should expect my orientation to end and the transition to working from home to begin. I spoke to my supervisor and team lead over a month ago, and they understood that I expected to work from home. I'm working independently and only get feedback when I solicit it directly. They never gave me a checklist of things that I needed to complete, and it seems like the goalposts are moving. I'm lucky my sister has let me live with her several days a week for two full months, but like I'm paying rent and power in another city. And I'd like to actually live in my dang apartment. I'm a guest in someone else's home, so I don't have my own space. And I'm going through life on their schedule. Absolutely proud to be a gunkle and see my niece multiple times per week. But I miss having a sense of control over my own life. I commute a few times per week, so I'm filling my gas tank at least twice a week. It's adding up. So how do I go about demanding what was already agreed upon? Am I being overly entitled by asking for a timeline now that we're about nine weeks into my new job? Am I going to be shooting myself in the foot by advocating for myself? I've even had a coworker tell me she's frustrated on my behalf because I signed up for this job with the assumption I'd get to go home. What are your thoughts? Thank you, Dylan Hide. Dylan? Wow. This is wild. Yeah, dude, I think you should say something. I mean, first of all, shooting yourself in the foot by advocating for yourself, 
I understand that you need money, but like if this is the type of job where that's going to be happening, you really need to know ahead of time. Like, are you going to be punished for bringing up problems? Is there an HR department where you could bring this up to them and feel safe doing that? Can you ask your coworkers, hey, have you ever brought up stuff to HR or brought up stuff to this boss? Did you feel like you were heard? Did you feel like your information was taken in and things were implemented? That's definitely something that you can ask. This is wild. Nine weeks into the job, nine weeks into the job, and they still haven't given you a timeline on when you can work from home. Uh, That is, they should be embarrassed. Honestly, sometimes when people write in and they're like, should I say something? I don't know, my job, et cetera. I'm like, how is the job not embarrassed? How are the people in charge not? I would be, if I was a manager and I had done this to someone, I would be mortified. I would be apologizing all the time about this. People are have no shame. Yeah, you're being exploited, my dude. I think, and I'm using my dude in a gender neutral way. Babe, you're being exploited. This is wild. I think it is completely appropriate to ask about when your orientation is ending. I can't imagine an orientation should have been longer than two weeks. I think that you need to be like, look, I think you need to be honest. I mean, it's embarrassing. I hated being honest about needing money at my job, but like it's a job for a reason. Like you should definitely be able to say, hey, look, I'm wasting gas money. I was told I could work from home. I I mean, I wouldn't say the thing about not getting feedback maybe just yet, but I would be like, hey, I'm I'm wasting money. I'm staying at my sister's. I'm not using my apartment. Like this is all kind of adding up. I don't know that I can like sustain myself at this job if we don't do the thing I agreed on doing. I think I think you should say the truth about what's going on with your finances, because also I think sometimes when I've done that, the jobs have been like embarrassed in a way of like, oh, oh, shit, like our our employees are, you know, not taken care of or not like, I don't know, I feel like it's bad juju or like it's bad advertisement for the company if it shows that they like can't even make things work for their employees like it would be bad word of mouth or like it would be bad like if you went public or, you know, like not that you would, but just I can imagine as someone in charge of a company feeling some anxiety about like what, like if our employees look poor, does that make sense? But maybe not. I don't know. Maybe these people don't have that level of empathy. I think you should ask one or two trusted coworkers how it's gone when they've brought stuff up just to see if they have any tips or if they, you know, have any ways about approaching this. And then I also think nine weeks is, yeah, that's long enough. You're not training at that point. So I think just tell them, just be like, look, this is like draining my money that I'm making at this job. Like, I don't know what else to do. I hope that helps. If anyone has advice for Dylan, let me know. How are these people not embarrassed? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because when I'm looking to work with someone, I really need to be able to get someone fast. My job works very fast. Podcasts work very fast. 
and I've actually been looking for an assistant and I don't need to waste time sorting through matches without getting the highest quality person, right? When I'm looking to hire someone, whether that's a grant writer or a musician or something like that, it's very overwhelming because you get a lot of messages, but you're not able to like parse through yourself which ones are actually worth looking at. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash bad with money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Teams buried in manual work. Taking forever to close the books. Getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, you should know these numbers. 37,025 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. If you have all the information about your business in one place, you can make way better decisions. And this is an unprecedented offer, meaning this is totally worth your time. As someone who runs a business, having all of this together in order to close my books, that would be invaluable. It's a time saver. It's literally the biggest time saver. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. That's netsuite.com slash badwithmoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. Have you been using Mint to manage your finances? First, the bad news. Mint is shutting down. Now, good news. There's a better alternative. Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. That's right. I use Mint and now I'm using Monarch Money. It is very stressful, confusing, and time consuming to manage my finances. I've tried other finance apps, they don't really work. Like, you know, I was very committed to Mint and then I was uh, deeply sad when Mint went away. But now I have tried Monarch. It's so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I mean, I really value a company that is proactively looking at how to make finances easier. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top-rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so that you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Can you imagine being able to have a budget app with your partner? That is wild. You can see all your finances, you can collaborate on your budget, you can get insights on your cash flow and reoccurring transactions. It's a very easy way to manage a household's finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. 
Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all your tags and categories. Monarch is the most customizable budget app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y slash bad money for your extended 30-day free trial. This is a message from Elise. Hey, Gabe, I just finished listening to the Changing Careers episode and I resonated with everything Alex mentioned. One point of view I want to bring into the conversation is that of a teacher. For me, the decision to begin to transition careers was extremely hard. I mean, I'm pretty sure I decided to become a teacher when I was like 12. To bring some quick context to my career, I have worked with high schoolers, middle schoolers, three-year-olds, and I've tutored. I've really tried it all. Sweating emoji. Two sweating emojis. In January of 2022, three months into my position as a pre-K teacher, I realized that maybe I would be happier if I switched careers. I spent a lot of time going back and forth with myself because if I wasn't a teacher, then who was I? I had spent the majority of my life wrapping my identity around the role I would hold, not to mention all of the emotional manipulation teachers go through. It took some therapy sessions to work through all the emotions that changing careers brought up for me. I finally started going through a career transition in July 2022 by taking a course, and I'm hoping to land a new job out of the classroom by the end of this year. Thank you for reading this, and I love the pod, Elise. That was something that we talked about a lot, about how a job isn't about what little tasks you can do or what you actually enjoy physically doing or mentally doing in the job. But a lot of people think of it as like, this is my identity. Like, of course, when you're 12, to come up with being a teacher and that being your identity for most of your life, like, of course, you're tied to it. Of course, you know, you don't think I teach. You think I am a teacher. This is what I do. This is who I am. And I think that that holds us back a lot. And I think, you know, the episode with Alex really showed that if you guys want to go listen to it. I've been held back by that, which is why I've broadened what I say. So I tell people I'm a writer. That's all I am. I'm a writer. And what does that mean? It could mean anything. It could mean copywriting. It could mean writing for other people. It could mean writing for myself. It could mean writing for TV. It could mean writing for film. And, you know, it could mean writing articles, which I still do sometimes. So, like, I think that broadening who you are and broadening and also not even tying that to who you are. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're so many other things other than just like what you're doing during the day. And maybe like what you're learning now or whatever job you're switching to, I don't know, you could still be a teacher in some way. Like maybe you're using the skills from teaching for something else. Like my mom was like very into acting and like loved acting in high school. And then she became a lawyer. And I would argue being a trial lawyer is very similar to acting. She used skills of speaking in public and performance in order to be a lawyer, a trial lawyer. So something like that, you know what I mean?
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, this is a message from Eva. Hi, Gabe. This is Eva from Germany again. I meant to write in before to tell you I loved the new international episodes, give more personal examples of cultural financial confusion, and comment on take-home assignments for job applications. But it was your Truth About My Finances episode that prompted me to eventually send the email. Let me preface this by saying I don't have advice, only stories to share. For me, relating to others is super helpful, but ignore the email and voice memo if it's not the same for you. You wanted voice memos, so I sent one. English is not my first language, so if you decide to listen to or play the memo, I apologize for language-related mistakes. Also, it's gotten quite long, so feel free to cut and edit as needed. Eva. Hi, Gabe. First of all, thank you so much for your vulnerability and for sharing the situation that you're going through. I can only imagine what it's like to be in a situation like that and then kind of put it all out there. So that's really brave. And I also think it's very important and helpful for your listeners to know that things like that can happen to anyone. And it's not a personal failure, but it's a result of circumstances that are outside of your control. I really hope this situation resolves in the best way possible for you. When I was listening to the episode, two two stories that happened in my social circle came up. And I'm hoping that Maybe they are helpful to somebody or someone can learn something from this for their own lives. So that's why I'm sharing them here. The first story I have to share anonymously. It's about a heterosexual couple. They married, they bought a house. The man paid slightly more towards the house. I think about 20K. He had a better financial upbringing and he just had like some more funds to contribute. And so eventually they had a baby and the woman struggled with postpartum depression. So she did go to an inpatient treatment facility after a while. And while she was there, the man who she later learned had been cheating on her made her or like, let's say he repeatedly asked her to sign a postnup agreement that ensured that he would get at least 60% of the profits if they sold the house. And they ended up selling the house because they did get divorced due to the cheating and some other things that went on in their marriage. And what she said to me is is that she is sure he made her sign this agreement in this while she was in this facility, because he knew that if she was to fight him on it in court on basis of having been in a vulnerable state, it could affect the custody agreement. Like he could make an argument if she isn't mentally well enough to sign a contract, how can you grant shared custody? 
because like you can't ensure she won't be she won't be getting worse mentally and how would she take care of the kid then right so the woman ended up leaving it alone she also ended up losing a lot of money both from the sale of the house and from the cost of the divorce and her finances really tanked after that and she was super devastated because she wouldn't have expected him to do anything like that the second story is about my uncle who died unexpectedly in the spring of 2020 he was fit and he was not even 60 so nobody expected him to pass away my uncle used to be married and he and the women were separated for many years but what we found out after he died is that the divorce hadn't been finalized they were in the process of divorcing for some reason it took forever and they were officially still married what my uncle also had was a life insurance policy with a payout in the low six figures which was supposed to go towards my grandma's nursing home bills i think you actually talked about the cost of nursing homes and late life care in your last podcast and since it's super, super expensive, my uncle and his siblings were covering these bills and they all set up some kind of a fund or some kind of a insurance policy in case of their passing so that my grandma would be set, right? Well, when his still wife found out from the newspaper announcement of his funeral date that he had passed, she made a claim for that insurance money. And since she was still legally his wife, she was entitled to it. There was a lot of back and forth and my family hired a lawyer, but there was nothing the lawyer could do. She was legally entitled to the money. And so she did get this insurance money. I will say that she did pay like some percentage of it to my family. I think about a third that she said should cover my grandma's nursing home bills. But like, let me say, let me put it this way. Since she didn't contribute to any of the costs associated with my uncle's passing, like his funeral or the transport from where he died to where he was supposed to be buried, there wasn't a lot of money left over to pay for my grandma's nursing home bills. I think it paid for about like three or four months my uncle's share of these bills. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is you're not alone. Things like this happen in a lot of relationships where people are trusting and loving and they don't want to be like overly like nitpicky about the finances. I don't have any concrete advice for you, but I do want to share some something that somebody said to me once, which is sometimes the easiest way to pay for something is with money. So I do think, or the only thing that I could tell you would be try to figure out what gives you the most peace of mind in the long run and act accordingly. I really hope the situation resolves well for you. I've been following you since 2016. Thank you so much for all of your work. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing what you're going through. I wish you all the best. Love to beans and hear you next week. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. This is beans. I do appreciate that. Those stories are both shocking and harrowing. I had my mouth open the entire time. I, the level to which you have to protect yourself is so much. I'm, of course, I, I believe that the woman took the money, even though they weren't together anymore, but it's just so wild to me how people behave around money, but I, I get it, I guess, like, I don't know. It's just so like people become like their worst selves. And the first couple, that's so 
awful and insidious, especially because we've heard so many stories lately about postpartum psychosis and depression and how intense it can be and how much it affects people. So that she did what she needed to do for her health and then was punished for it is harrowing and disgusting. Well, hate to leave you guys on a downer note, but, you know, a lot of you, those are important stories to share. Thank you for sharing them. I hope it kicks some of you guys' butts into high gear. I'll keep you guys updated. Nothing has moved forward. My ex did reach out angrily about the podcast. And, you know, they do want to take me to court for posting the podcast, even though everything in it is true. But I also was like, well, I don't know if we'll cut this, but it's also interesting to say, stop lying about me having money to drag you through the legal process and to stop you from doing that. I will drag you through the legal process. Anyway, also, if you are a fan and you've been keeping up, I'm sure we're back to promoting it now. But if you want to help promote the movie that my producer, Melissa, and I are working on, and if you want to help us make it, there's a link in my bio on Instagram at Gabe S. Dunn where you're able to donate tax deductible. So that'll be super fun. And none of that money is going to me. It all goes to paying people for the movie. Because what I like to do is live, try to live my dreams despite everything. So if you want to write in, you can do so at GabeIsBadWithMoney at gmail.com. Leave a voice memo as well. Leave a five-star Apple review. Leave a Spotify review. And join the Patreon, patreon.com slash GabeSDunn. This helps me keep the show going even while I'm going through this situation. So love you guys. Bye. Bad With Money with Gabe Shane Dunn is a production of Noted Bisexual. Produced by Melissa D. Monts and Diamond M. Print Productions. Edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Coco Lorenz. And music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Jack Dolgen, as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you, love you, bye! Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.